0: Are you ready to experience something extraordinary? Cultural gems in Croatia, ancient temples in Asia, art in Italy. We'll take care of everything. Flights, accommodation, excursions, local guides, and all that planning. Travel department, let's see more. Hello, I'm Connor Fortune and this is Driving Life. Welcome to episode 33, where I meet Frank MacDonald, journalist and former environment editor of the Irish Times. He's an influential author and commentator on Irish architecture and Irish urban planning, and especially on the development of Dublin. We chat about the history and what next for things like metro and urban renewal. But before we join him, I'd like to take a moment to say a big thank you to our sponsors. They're very good to support us, so thank you very much. Don't forget to check out earlier episodes and other chats. It's all there on SeniorTimes.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. So now let's go and meet Frank. So, hello, Frank MacDonald. Um, Connor, it's a long time since we've met each other. It is, it's uh, a long time. But since We, we had a met. lot of
1: dealings going
0: way back. We have indeed. Over um, transport in Dublin. Actually. Over transport in Dublin. And, and, you know, I've been a little bit more narrow in that conversation because when I'm involved in the conversation, it's almost always about transport specifically. Um, and that interfaces with your passions, but you're more about the totality of the city, its urban design, architecture, the future of the city, all of that stuff. Um, You are a Dub, but why such a passion for the built heritage of the city?
1: Well, I suppose, you know, when we were kids, um, our parents brought us around to see things in the city. You know, we used to go to Dublin Castle. So I got to know the city quite well, you know, as even as a school, Child, yeah, and later on, you know, when I was at UCD, I was involved in the student revolution in UCD in 1969. And uh, one of the things that they did in Belfield, we took over the administration block and occupied it for two nights. You know, oh, god, oh, why don't was, students do you know, things you know, like that? It was, anymore? It, was, it was very radical stuff at the time, and it, it made the front page of the papers <laughs> at the time in wow. February 1969. I remember it well. There you go. So a uh, socially conscious
0: student, and yeah. part of the public debate in Dublin. Um, and then I think really well known uh, Well, you became a journalist, but obviously really well known for your commentary on the development of Dublin, developers in Dublin. Um, you, you've written a lot of books on the subject. Eighty-five was the first one.
1: 1985 was the first I mean, this is it sounds incredible almost because I've written several books since. But I never thought about writing a book. I mean, even though mm. I was a journalist and I was writing about Dublin in the paper and we ran this pretty endless series called Derelict Dublin. Yeah, eventually Fergal Tobin, the then publishing director of Gillan Macmillan, wrote me a letter. Remember (laughs) Letters? Letters, good Lord. uh, And said, Dear Mr. Macdonald, would you consider writing a book on Dublin? And so I took about six months off and cracked on with the research, which I thought was and um, I really enjoyed that summer. And then the book came out in November 1985 and caused a bit of a. yeah, because,
0: because research and book really told, told yeah. a murky tale.
1: It they? did. yeah. I mean, it was it, it was a shocking story that named a whole lot of names, mm. you know, not just property developers, but also architects, lawyers, planners. You know, engineers, roads engineers in particular got a yeah. hard, hard time. Yeah. And um, because, you know, a lot, I, I believed that, that there was a story behind every hoarding in the city. Yeah. So that whenever you had a derelict site, there was some reason why this was so. Mm. And so I just started looking behind the hoardings and uh, looking up the planning files and finding out who owned them and so on and so forth. So give me this sort of 30 second story of of
0: what happened to Dublin, because from sort of the 1950s on, we had loads of comparable peer cities around Europe, Munich, Copenhagen, uh, the British cities closer to home. Um, And they all did, you know, jobs good and
1: bad on their
0: urban development. What did Dublin
1: do at that time well I think that you know you have to go back a bit further because you know you and, and never forget that Dublin had a great planning history <clears throat> going back to the time of the the, the Duke of Ormond in, 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 yeah, George and Dublin being yeah George and Dublin and the wide streets commissioners mm. and, the fantastic city that they created by the year
0: eighteen hundred. <laughs> so like that Virginia. was that was before the year 1800. So that was well ahead. Of, under,
1: under the under the under the leadership effectively of the Irish Parliament at yeah. the time before it was extinguished. Seventy years ahead of Haussmann in Paris. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, this is the extraordinary thing. It was nearly a hundred years ahead of Houseman. because the wide streets commission was set up in seventeen fifty seven. Wow. Yeah. And that was Edinburgh so, was doing something. Similar. Edinburgh was Edinburgh was a little bit later than Dublin, but Dublin yeah. was definitely. Definitely, a trendsetter in its day, and became by 1800 one of the most magnificent cities in Europe. Mm. And everybody who came here, you know, were just stunned by the by the grandeur of Dublin. So that we had this great planning history. But what happened, I think, with the it, really, I'd blame the arrival of the motor car are mm. having changed everything well we're skipping forward a
0: century or so yes, there, Frank. Exactly, yeah exactly yes. and um, but you know i i i buy that so do let's skip forward and may, maybe talk from after the second world war yeah. uh, our peer cities become better comparators yes. than i mean I think. The,
1: the, I think that the um the problem in Dublin was that there was a process of relentless depopulation of the inner city. Yeah. And relentless suburbanization on the outskirts at low densities of ten houses to the acre. And this so on. being perceived as the problem yeah, as a it, solution well, well, to the urban slums well, problem. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, the by 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 the nineteen sixties a lot of the the slum housing in Dublin had already been replaced by, you know, in, in many cases, wonderful blocks of flats mm. designed by um, the likes of Herbert Sims, who was the chief housing architect in the 1940s, and who also designed the suburban housing estates like Crumlin, yeah. which was a huge big public housing estate that was built. You would know, near, kind of, would I mean, nearly count as high density now, it, Crumlin. It, well, it, well, it would really it'd be, it'd be really Garden City. Uh, yeah. Marino, I suppose, was the first one in the 1920s. Yeah. And, but when you think of how how poor the state was mm. at the time, and yet they could still build these massive social housing schemes um, to house the people, and you know Fintan O'Toole, for example, grew up in in, yeah. in in one of the corporation houses in Crumlin at the time. But I think it was the whole thing about the car and 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 getting away from the city centre as mm. far as you could. And, and the, the car enabled people to do that. And, and then uh, the engineers responded to that by essentially, well, the inner city is being cleared out anyway, so we might as well clear away the historic streets and replace them with dual carriageways to cater for all the new traffic. So it's, it's perverse, isn't it? And yeah. we can look back because it,
0: it was kind of the, the zeitgeist at the time, yeah. uh, you know, people, the Ooh. Jetsons was on TV. It was yeah. perceived that this is what modern, and we weren't really, val- And in that era, we really didn't value yeah. older buildings. No. I mean, they were yeah. to be knocked down. Yeah, exactly. Um, people in Dublin were nearly, you would hear people say, they're only British buildings yeah, anyway. That's right.
1: Well, I mean, well, that, uh, m- m- that did, of course, happen in the 1960s in particular, and was one of the arguments in favor of demolishing the 16 houses on, on Fitzwilliam Street at the SB. They wanted mm. to get rid of so that they could build their new headquarters there. And, you know, that I don't think that's st- still the thesis. I mean, yeah. I think the vast majority of people in Dublin accept that Georgian Dublin is part of the essential nature. Of Absolutely. City. Yeah. And that, and that if we were to get rid of those wonderful Georgian squares and terraces, that the city would be impoverished as a result of that. Yeah. It's funny how
0: that's a no-brainer now. It is. Um, and it wasn't. No, in it the wasn't since
1: so. Yeah. And you know like deirdre Good. kelly and people like uh, people like her and lunch McKeon and you know a whole lot of campaigners yeah uh, had to get out there and campaign you know, i suppose inv- i was involved in that myself because we were we were involved marion finugren was company. involved yeah, there was also and people, you know duncan stewart Duncan Stewart, the know, architect lots yeah. of, lots of people kevin myers i think yeah and kelly, himself did. to a rating yeah he to. did well, that was a brief flirtation <laughs> with <laughs> with revolution in his world <laughs> and 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 and, uh, and lots of others. And mm. um, and we, I suppose, I suppose uh, just after the destruction of Dublin was published, we organized the Dublin Crisis Conference in the Synod Hall in Christchurch mm. Place. And that was packed out. I mean, we couldn't yeah. believe the response to it. I and mean, there were hundreds of people there from all over the city and elsewhere. And it really put forward a new agenda mm-hmm. for urban renewal. And to say, look, we have these historic buildings, yeah. we have these wonderful streets. Let's make something of it instead of just, um, you know, relentless suburbanisation. Uh,
0: and and it, it being accepted at that stage that uh, we do we do not now want
1: motorways on stilts going no, through historic no, city centres.
0: No, they not. physically did that in yeah. places like Belfast, they for did.
1: example. Which so they were even in Dublin. I don't forget, were, there was even a plan to get rid of the Grand Canal and replace, the and replace it. With a six-lane road, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with a central median and loads of traffic on it, and you know, like if Dublin had lost the Grand Canal, and similarly the Royal Canal, mm. the Royal Canal was also slated for that kind of treatment as so, well. So, so we might had we the, had we bought the money to match yeah, our stupidity, this is, this is, we this might have great d- thing. <laughs> You know, that, that, that was one of the visiting uh, critics um, said um, from England came over and said that the only reason why Dublin remained the great the great eighteenth-century city that the English built, which is not really true. No, the only reason why it remained for so long, in like that, was because the Irish were too poor to pull it down. And I think and, that's entirely fact, true. I think yeah. that, that was true. And yeah. certainly, the madder road schemes really were unaffordable um, mm-hmm. at the time. Um, And then later on, I think, you know, when the boom arrived in the 1990s, the Celtic Tiger leashed itself upon us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, it was uh, was really quite stunning what was happening at that stage because instead of the suburbs being contiguous to the Mm -hmm. city, you know, like within five or ten miles of the city centre, we were seeing bits of Dublin pop up. In places yeah. like Rochford Bridge in yeah. County Westmeath, yeah. fifty miles or eighty kilometres from yeah. from the city, and
0: entirely predicated for, yeah. for a
1: solution on on the absolutely, car, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, But also, it was the attractiveness of being able to buy, being able to uh, buy an affordable home mm. with three or four bedrooms in a place like that even though you were condemning yourself to a lifetime of commuting. Yeah.
0: Which, so, which I think is so disturbing. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. And oh. it was I was commenting on that. So beginning to comment on that space mm. uh, in, in my time. And, you know, our concern principally was the people stuck in the cars, yeah. I kind of always contended were, were, were not the cause of the problem, just no, the most manifest symptom no, therein. No. So transport's one of the things that um, Dublin has historically Absolutely. got wrong. It'd be really, really poor. And um, thesis on that alone. Sponsored by Expressway. With MyExpressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie? Doro. Make friends with innovation. A couple of things, Frank. Um, Metro and Metro North. I, I, I've been on different sides of arguments with you many times over the years, and I was actually convinced this is one of the arguments where we would be on the same side. Um, but I wonder, are we? I want to see Metro built. I, I, I think we've let perfect be the enemy of good for years i have looked at dublin transport systems on powerpoint displays from various government offices for 30 years or more if, if we would started doing it back then we'd have it now build the shagging thing you have serious reservations I about do, metro
1: because no well it's now called rebranded as metro link oh right and another rebrand you know,
0: it's st- still not a brick uh, laid yeah, no, or a sub turned no, no but another no, rebrand
1: so and, um, and in fact it's just one line and the line is 19.5 kilometers, running from just north of Swords right into the, through the city centre, and on to Charlemont on the Grand Canal, where the taking in the airport on route. Yeah, yeah it takes in the airport on East. But of the 19.5 kilometers, 11.5 is going to be bored tunnels, mm. and so it's going to be a largely underground line. But in yeah. fact, it's really what it is in effect is a souped-up Lewis tram rather than train and it's it's and it's a standalone project in the sense in the sense that there aren't plans for yeah. a metro system in dublin let nobody be under any illusion Indeed. About that. yeah this is just one line and i would much prefer to see the lewis network or sorry the lewis the two lewis lines that we currently have being turned into a network of lines that would serve places like Fingless and lucan and ucd Belfield and And wherever, just as, for example, I I think one of the most impressive cities that I've seen. I was going to ask you who's getting it right total transformation is Bordeaux. Bordeaux, Um, okay, it is absolutely amazing. And I remember being in Bordeaux in the 1980s, Mm -hmm. and the place was dirty and run down and as the was so blackened yeah. and and all the rest of it and they had all these crazy plans they were going to build a motorway along the river you know along the riverfront of the of this <laughs> immensely historic city and um and they and the, a new mayor got elected in in the early 1990s called alain juppe as you very well known, yeah. Uh, actually was prime minister he was prime France minister well subsequently, and, yeah. And he said, No, we're not going to build a metro underground, we're, n- we're not going to build a motorway along the river, we're going to build a tramway network instead. <clears> and that tramway network was planned at the same time as the Lewis project in Dublin, yeah, starting in 1995. And it now consists of five or six different lines extending to a total route length of 77 and a half kilometres and carrying 140 million passengers a year. And Bordeaux being a good comparative Absolutely. city. I Absolutely. Mean,
0: Indeed. Do you I mean, I mean, know, it's not the only one. Nice in the south of France yeah, that's what, did, did something yeah. similar. Um, Montpellier mm. has done a magnificent Absolutely, job. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a car to, the to be had in it.
1: Yeah. And uh, in fact,
0: the Nice tramway serves the airport. To, it does. It uh, does. Well. Uh, and it's a it, that's a growing airport. I mean, too. It, it, um, it, part of it is underground, so yeah. it's a bit like you're describing Metro yeah. North, something not what you would classically think of a metro when you land in no. London or New York or um, Paris. Or Paris yeah. More, more like a, a, a souped-up Lewis that's yeah. partially underground, yeah. Yeah. Um, but terrific. Let's
1: be clear, terrific. Um, but I think, I think, Connor, the 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 most strategic project that needs to be done, and it need, need really needs to be prioritized, and it's just been pigeonholed rather than prioritized, and that is. The Dart, the so-called Dart Underground, yeah, which was is this strategic tunnel linking Houston with Spencer Dock, running via you know uh, with stations at St Stephen's Green, yeah, but also at Woodkey and uh, Connolly and, obviously. And no, but no, actually, at Not Pierce. Connolly, no. Pierce, oh, Pierce, okay, and run, and then running, running, yeah. but they, the tunnel length there is only about six kilometers, which is yeah. just about half of the tunnel length of Metro Link. And the great thing about that project would be that it would turn the existing suburban commuter rail lines into a network. I link them in the city centre, and
0: would undoubtedly be a good thing. It would. Um, so too with Metro North.
1: Is your is your essential point that it's it 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 it's only one line; it's not enough. Well, and, I think I think basically they're putting the cart before the horse. I think the you know don't forget the Dart Underground project was first proposed back in nineteen seventy five. I know. I mean, that is nearly nuts. fifty years. That's yeah. nearly fifty years. I know. Nearly fifty I, years, I, and it proves it proves you know that, that uh, Joyce used to talk about Dublin as as the centre of paralysis, you know, and yeah. you just kind of think, oh my God, this project has been around for that length of time, and it keeps getting pigeonholed and postponed and whatever. And it just, and and yet it's the most important project that we could do well, to I, knit I, together all this, the commuter
0: rail lines. I, 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 listen, whatever about the specifics of the projects, because I, I, I would just say, build both, build mm-hmm. all of them. And I, I think it's also to my mind, evident that Charlemagne is clearly not the natural southern terminus. Certainly not. You Can have you go to go down to the there?
1: southwest.
0: Uh, Do you have to go? Well, the totally unserved southwest, yeah. which is my Indeed. quadrant of the city. Yes. Let me be parochial about yeah, that for yeah. a minute. But that's, What's well, my,
1: your... my fear, basically, is this, that that, um, that the Metrolink Metrolin project will cost so much because there's so much tunnelling involved in it that we will we will not get around to building dirt underground. And so if you believe, as I do, that Dart Underground is the most strategic transport project in Dublin, then we should go ahead with that First, and then consider a metro link afterwards. Yeah, they're not mutually incompatible. No, they're not. No, they're not mutually compatible, except that, of course, it should be diverted down, as you say, to the, to sort of the yeah. southwestern service, including, for example, Colorado Barracks, you know. Yeah, which uh, is a huge. that's going to be accommodation completed. or residential yeah, there. There, there is, a, there, the government, I, I think Eamon Ryan is, is, is pioneering this um, to have a feasibility study done to see if. Uh, uh, the calbrow barracks could be developed as a major housing uh, area frank that's a, a in mean, brainer
0: well i no, indeed, let me be a grumpy old man for a minute accommodation in rathmines why do we need a feasibility study to ask whether that's a good idea or not
1: well i think i think that, uh, that's what it's been called um, but <laughs> i agree with you i mean there's far too much you know dublin is a city of talk Mm. rather than a city of action. I mean, in Bordeaux, it took Alain Juppé. Um, you know, he was the one who said, this is what we're going to do. And then they went ahead and did it. One of the reasons for that, perhaps,
0: was a French um, tradition Very da- dating back to the Absolutely, French Revolution yeah. uh, of of locally elected mayors with, with real teeth and power. Yeah. Um, I presume you would favour a a directly elected mayor
1: Yes, I I would. But I I think there's there's a problem in Dublin, which is and the citizens assembly was set up to to kind of discuss Mm. and talk about this and they have yet to issue their report. Uh, You've got four different local authorities operating within the historic county of Dublin. Yeah, Uh, Dunirri Ratdown, South Dublin, Fingal and Dublin City Council. And drawing those four together, you know, and making them sing from the same hymn sheet is not going to be an easy task to do. Yes. And especially so if, if there is going to be a directly elected mayor and he doesn't, or he or she doesn't have real power. Mm-hmm. There's no point in having it. Well, it's there complete just point.
0: is no we, point in having to have it. a situation, which we do have, where somebody gets to wear the chain that's yes, exactly. a 1,000 years old, yes. and the most they can do is decide yes. whether or not we have a cow and a sheep yes. in the crib at Christmas. <laughs> and nothing more strategic, yes. thankfully, yes. Is, is in yes. hands that appear to be as yes. silly as that. Exactly. Real power is yes. actually vested in yes. the doyle
1: and, and I think the, I think the problem, not even in the Doyle so much, as the government, the central mm. government, and I think the real problem for central government government is that because Dublin is so large and has been allowed to become so large yeah. at the expense of growing places like Cork and Limerick and Galway and a Waterford, conversation in itself and so yeah. on you know, balanced regional development would be a much better solution otherwise in time to would come you, we'll, have to, we'll have to have a levelling up minister
0: you'll, you'll have to find yourself supporting the Cork Limerick motorway for just that reason Frank in well would some much somewhere to
1: see a high speed rail line
0: between Cork and Limerick well you may I, I'm greedy I want to see yeah. both well we'll see what happens yeah, I, doubt, I doubt I will yeah. see both in my time Um, so, so if you were empowered to make you know a couple of important changes um, is that one of the ones you would do a directly elected mayor with with, with real, executive real executive
1: power, power. yeah absolutely um, and the other thing that I think we there's been a, a terrible mania has gripped the city in the last four or five years and mm. um, as a result of all of the direct planning applications for major housing schemes going to onboard Planola and being kind of rubber stamped there. It no longer fit for purpose, no, no, no more Planola. Absolutely not. And also for really seriously high rise schemes, which I think are are, are actually um, damaging because the, con- the the way in which the apartment design standards were changed by Owen Murphy in 2018, Um, dumbing down, you know, the Mm. amount of space that you'd have, you know, uh, having um, whole schemes that would consist of 70 percent would be single bedroom units or or Mm. studios and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that that's the way to go. I think the most economical and and all serious housing experts would agree on this. Um, Certainly uh, people who are not Mm. um, beholden to the industry um, (laughs) would agree on this, that the most economical, building type and we should aim for is between five and eight stories yeah that is basically the scale of Houseman's Paris. And it's if double the it's it. double the scale of our current. It is. And um, well, not not quite double because, you know, like the Georgian Georgian core would be five storeys Basically, All right. Yeah. But it's it is a, a, yeah, but a, it a, be, certainly an increase. Yeah, but, it, but, it, but, it, but it would be, it, you know, to provide a mixture of housing, um, you know, one bedroom apartments, two bedroom, three bedroom apartments, um, you know, with good uh, outdoor amenity space and you know place and, and, and within easy walk gotta got be careful so not to let
0: perfect be the enemy of good frank i, I mean when i moved out of home at 18 or 19, I moved into a bedsit and ran yeah. um, grotty little thing. Yeah, but, but I remember was a, them well. Yeah, I was a youngster, yeah. you know, yeah. and no, I wouldn't like to see a single mum stuck in one, yeah. but it was grand for me. Absolutely. We can't, they can't exist yeah,
1: the, anymore. The, the, well, the, the the problem is that what, what we're now being offered is a kind of a modern 21st century version of the bedsit, <clears> but at a price that's just not affordable.
0: Well, what's wrong with the old bedsets? I mean, why not back above the shop? I mean, if if you walk around well, I'm, Dublin, I'm all and look in favour. Up...
1: I'm all in favour of that, and I'm, and it grieves me to walk around the city centre and to look up and see so many, so much vacant space above the shops, which, you know, and again, we've been talking about this for ages, Oh, I had like a conversation. Decades, yeah, I had a conversation.
0: Over on, the shop. Yeah, I had a conversation uh, on the podcast last year with the then Lord Mayor of Dublin, mm. Alison Gilliland. Yes. Um, lovely lady mm. doing the best she can mm. uh, as conscious uh, of her lack of real power as mm. as everybody else um but you know determined to do things about for example incentivizing living above the shop and um, one of the obstacles there is modern fire regulations mm. you know, you Nobody can say I'm in favour of lax fire regulations. Well, but but I, I mean, for yes, God's know, sake, people but lived in those things. Yeah, of
1: course they did. And, and, and you know, I, I think that what needs to be done is to re- have a real push on this, to bring together an interdisciplinary kind of like task force within Dublin City Council Bringing together the fire people, the planning people, the city architects department, and the parks department, and so on, and just push this thing forward, because if it doesn't get that kind of push, and with everyone singing from the same hymn sheet rather than different ones, yeah. then nothing will happen. You know, but they, they, but I mean, the, you know, one of the fundamental things that needs to be done is that Dublin City Council, uh, the 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 organ as an organisation, <clears throat> needs to be seriously. Uh, re-examined and 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 in terms of its role and purpose yeah in terms of its role and purpose and how it functions you know and yeah. and and i think that you know if i if there's one thing that i would say that the outgoing city manager or chief executive Owen keegan, Owen keegan has yeah been, has, has been really his failure to to basically confront the problem of Every department in Dublin City Council being its own silo. Yeah. Um
0: and, and look, he's he's ruffled feathers and there's and plenty of good and bad in Owen has had a fascinating career in Dublin and in Dunleary. Um and in a sense almost being the unelected city's executive. Yeah. Uh, but still with restricted power and totally yes. without mandate yes. and often at odds with his council yes, but chamber.
1: But I mean if you if you if you think about think about local government, the idea of local government has been eroded In this country, ever since the foundation of the state, in the 1920s and 30s, you had things like the abolition of rat mines and Pembroke, uh, town councils as as wards or whatever they were yeah yeah. they were independent fiefdoms in effect and uh, actually mainly unionist at the time (laughs) hard to believe but it is true but you know we've we've uh, allowed the powers and functions of local government to be totally eroded in this country and the the money talks uh, Mm. and and if you compare dublin uh, ireland with denmark yeah uh, ireland in ireland local authorities Are responsible for about 7% of total public spending. Mm. In Denmark, local and regional authorities are responsible for 64% of. Total public spending uh, and where the money goes, the so, money does the goes so does the power.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know, there are some Irish government departments that theoretically spend a lot of money. The Department of Social Welfare, yeah. for example, spends billions, and um, but very little discretionary yeah. power for the yeah. minister. You just, um, definitely strengthening local government appears to be one of the things that has Absolutely. to be done forever if, if we're ever going to fix Dublin, yeah, or anywhere, or for anywhere for that matter. Yeah. We've got the same conversation about Cork, yes, could. Um, and you know, during the Tiger era, if we had built four Lewis lines for Cork and three for Galway yeah. and three for Limerick and nine for Dublin, yeah. Jesus, we'd be so yeah, much exactly. better off. Um, but you know, nevertheless, it, 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 here we now are it, it, a common thread is that we don't manage the growth of the city. It's, it's allowed to happen organically like weeds in the garden today. I was telling you that we, we live out in Ballycullen and have done for 25, 27 years, something now. And when we bought first, it was mostly green fields, but the residents were saying even then, Keep in place even just the alignment for a future Lewis that we can come back to. But no, because all of that alignment had an individual landowner who was as entitled as anybody else to, you know, develop land in the resident. And. The gaps all got filled in and now if we want to serve that quadrant of the city we're going to have to go underground at 10 times the price or demolish or demolish some of the houses. or demolish some of the housing away. which is which is clearly yeah. an, an not
1: optimal either well i mean politicians couldn't get their heads around that well certainly because um, that would be a big vote I mean, so.
0: Well, with the other challenges society faces now, if you come up with a great plan that includes knocking down houses, mm. it's um, you know when they need to be built as fast as we well, possibly can. And,
1: you know, you have that with MetroLink, uh, for example, where some yeah where, there's, well, there's sixteen there's, or something. And, well, there's houses to be demolished, but also the Brian pub, uh, which is a, a local landmark uh, yeah. in Finsbury, just beyond the uh, Royal Canal, and also the Wolf Tone Monument in Saint Stephen's Green. I mean, it beats me why they can't in install escalators on the public footpath to lead down to a station at Stevens Green instead of location the station itself within the Green, within the public sink it underground for goodness sake Dig a slightly bigger hole well well, well, it is underground but the point is the entrance to the station, the portal leading into the station and out from it is located within the public park. I mean, that is just indefensible. <laughs> and that requires the removal and relocation of the Tone Monument, which is not just a statue. It's a whole array know, of granite a, renewed, of course, Yeah, And it was designed to address the North Eastern corner of St. Stephen's Green, and that's gonna go. So it's architecturally blind. Yes.
0: Um I one of the things I said to you was that um Dublin should be a creative city, it's a literary city, but architecturally it's just very, very bland. Um Gaudi could never have prospered in Dublin. Um
1: you mean the eccentricity of Gaudi.
0: The eccentricity and and, and the beauty of it and the artistic yes. expression yes, of it. Yes
1: indeed. Why Well, I, do, I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Uh, that that um, we do have some very fine buildings from the twentieth century, um, which um, are a credit to the city. I mean, if you think of, say, the Department of. Um, transport and power building on Kildare Street mm. uh, opposite the, uh, the National Museum. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was done in the 1930s uh, for example. But a lot of the buildings from the 20th century are now in danger of being demolished and some of them have gone already. And it's like a failure, the failure of the. Of the so next nobody's generation. going to miss things <laughs> like
0: Poolbag House, Frank, though, are they? <laughs> Poolbag House, nobody's going to miss things like that. There were some awful
1: buildings. Well, there were, I mean, there was, there was, but there was Hawkins House. Uh, Hawkins, sorry. Hawkins House. Uh, yes, on Poolbag Street. Hawkins House on Poolbag Street, yeah. Street. Yeah, that's um, what I meant. The yeah. Department Rich of Health were in there. Never for a while. forget. stood, was built on the site of the Theatre Royal, the great Theatre yeah. Royal that I'm old enough to remember. Uh, which had, uh, which was the most marvellous place and would seat, I think it seized about it was, 2,500. It was one of the biggest in... It was one of the biggest yeah. in, in this part of the world. And it was pulled down in 1962 and replaced by the, the ghastly, horrible... God of the awful house. thing. And eventually that was demolished and replaced by, but it is currently under construction at the moment, a whole city block under yeah,
0: construction. I, I'm one of those people who, who I mean, I still cannot stand the Dublin City Council offices, um, just in their own right. Are you I don't like
1: the bunkers. The phases there. Yeah, well, the
0: more modern waterfront one is
1: yeah, better. That's that's it, 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 that, that was the, Sam Stevenson originally had proposed four bunkers, and uh with a sunken council chamber and the I, hill. I, leading listen, up to you, you, you've
0: got much more architectural <laughs> understanding than I do, but from a from a from a layman's point of view, you, I would dig up Stevenson and just throw stones at him. I thought, the
1: uh, no, uh, no, no, no. I think that I think the Central Bank in Dame Street, even though it now has a blue hat uh, on top, <laughs> uh, with uh, having been renovated by Heinz um, uh, and Peterson from Hong Kong, uh, and uh, you know, I think that they have made a decent uh, job of, <clears> of of it in in some ways, um, and at least the building still survives. And you know, yes, you can like it or loathe it but you know it is one of the great buildings of the 20th century in Dublin and the Mm. other one that I would I would I would cite is the Berkeley Library in Trinity which is now in danger of losing its name because of uh, Bishop George Berkeley was involved in the slave trade in the 18th century saw something like that but that is one that is one of the finest pieces of 20th century architecture in Dublin and it was built completed in 1967 Um, a, a wonderful Brutalist building mm. in the middle of a historic um, uh, complex of, of yeah, not, college not, quadrangles. And not, not everybody puts the words wonderful and brutalist. And, uh, yeah, together. but, it, but, but it, is a, it is a great example of brutalist architecture, and it has the most beautiful windows in Dublin. Really, mm. really
0: really well there you go there's no accounting for taste frank there's no account. i and i must i must be a bit of a luddite although I, you know, there is sort of modern architecture that i do like and admire and um, as i say i love the city of barcelona which is kind mm. of one, one of the architectural touchstones and um, how are we ever going to get to that sort of um vibrant Dublin, maybe you begin by getting people living in the city. Well, I think that I
1: think that that, um, the one of the great things uh, that that came as a result of the uh, Dublin crisis conference and the urban renewal program in the 1980s was that the that the historic reversal of of was the historic reversal of population decline in the inner city between the two canals. Mm. And that had been falling, you know, it was 250,000 at the time of Sean O'Casey, his plays, his trilogy of plays set in the tenements of Dublin. And um, it fell to only about, I think it was 84,000 by 1991. And since then, it was in the two decades that followed, it started rising again. And I think by 2011, it had reached 131,000. So that was a really important change. But since then, it's been eroded by the conversion of actual apartments and houses uh, into um, sh- and tourist shortlets, tourist shortlets via, via Airbnb and others. Airbnb and others, which you and said. I think that that's a terrible shame. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I mean like I, I lived in Temple Bar for twenty-seven years. And, you know, one of the great our great regrets was that in the first the Easter weekend of the pandemic, we went out at night and took photographs of all of the residential buildings in Temple Bar yeah. and the amount of buildings that didn't have any lights on, even though there was nothing open in the city, except yeah. Spar and central on the corner of Dame Street and South Great Georgia Street. Um, was just astonishing, yeah. and leave something really hollow. And where you have light, where you have no light, you basically have no people. And our conclusion was that about forty percent of the residential um, population of Temple Bar had been lost as a result of illegal conversions into. Tourists, yeah, uh, making a bad situation
0: worse in terms of the depopulation of the city centre. Mind you, for all our our, our criticisms, I think we have to be honest that for the last 20, the last 25 years have been good for Dublin, notwithstanding our failure to make long term plans and recurrence of old mistakes. But I remember the city that you wrote about in the 1980s, uh, where every main, oh,
1: every main thoroughfare was like. Uh, F.X. Martin, the leader of the Friends of Medieval Dublin, um, Reverend Professor F.X. Mm. Martin, he told me way back in the, in the 1980s that, you know, he he had, had actually, whenever he had an important academic visitor coming from yeah. abroad, you know, from Germany or the United States or wherever, he would devise a circuitous route for them to come to. To avoid the BCD. worst of it to avoid the worst eyesores along the way yeah. and of course nobody could in a way could avoid dorset street because yeah. that was that was certainly one of them but i mean you've got to remember that in the in the 1970s and 80s most of mount joy square was in bits that's right you know literally falling mount joy it, square, the most perfect of the three great georgia and you, and you nearly yes. had and you nearly had to walk on the park
0: side yeah. curb because you're worried about a rock falling yeah, exactly. the top of the that's building. that's right you know if you were bringing that same businessman you wanted to impress now and you'd pick them up at the airport terminal 2 maybe if they're coming from the States and you drive them down the M1 motorway through the Dublin Port Tunnel, which is a magnificent piece of infrastructure, yes. you'd emerge out then in, at in what the we used lands. to call the point in yeah. the Docklands. You'll see the Aviva Stadium in yeah. front of you, which yeah, is a fabulous right. architectural is, statement yeah. in its right. own right. You'll see the new bridge yeah. uh, with its, you know, I think becoming the, the icon Calitrello, of Dublin. The Calitrello Bridge. It's, I that, think, it's magnificent. in combination with the Convention Centre. Okay. And I like the Convention Centre yeah. too. I think that, it frames that, the city that, really that well. That
1: image, that became the image of Dublin during the... Um, during the the post was uh, the the post crash era. Yeah, uh, that at least we managed to create that. We had this amazing um, uh, swing. It's actually a swing. Bridge. It's actually a swing bridge too. So yeah. it can be open to allow boats to come up yeah. the river, up further up river, and uh, and the convention centre designed by Kevin Roach, uh, who has since died, but he was, I suppose, the most uh, noted. Uh, Irish expatriate architect um, in the United States,
0: and, 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 and I think it, it is a, a real success as one of the signature buildings. It is um, yeah, for, 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 for the, sure. the city. The other idea that and you mentioned this before as well the the, um, the 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 railway bridge where it crosses the Liffey currently. Yeah. Um, now, unless the the lo- yeah. uh, unless you find a certain you know brutalist charm in it, no, I don't. But for me, that's just a horrible run of scrap iron across. Yeah. And uh, even at a simple level, surely we could retain the existing pillars and put some sort of, you know, gossamer thin, and then you could see the custom house. And,
1: well, that, that, that was actually proposed um, uh, more, than millennium, more than more than a years ago. Yeah, yeah around then, and, um, and it was a very, very clever scheme, you know, mm. which, would have, which would have replaced the existing, um, very heavy structure, yeah. which is uh, basically, um, cast and wrought iron and steel, uh, with that lattice work yeah. uh, for the uh, the bridge, um, um, the balustrades, that is a terrible eyesore. It cuts the mm. custom house off from the rest it of the does, city totally, centre. Yeah. And, and actually, in a way, it, it, it visually obscures the evidence that Dublin is located on a bay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if,
0: if we arrive from Mars or New York or Bordeaux um, and you look at it and you say, didn't you guys all agree 30 years ago that this relatively simple thing was a good thing to do?
1: Yeah. Why haven't you done it? Yeah. Well, I mean, for a while, actually, it was more of, of more value to CIE um, and Aaron Roderick mm. uh, uh, for advertising structures, uh, the rent that they made from that. And, the, the, you know, mercifully, that has been cut down at least. Uh, but, you know, the other alternative, I mean, the the, the mistake was made in the 1880s uh, when the loop <laughs> Was was conceived and built as an over an overhead, rather than tunneling um, as they were right, doing right, already tunneling. in London at that time. Exactly, yeah. and it should have been tunneled across the river to link Pierce Station or Western Road Station, and um, and Connolly Station as or Amien Street as it was yeah. then called. And it's just a shame that these things do happen. And they will have to happen eventually. But I mean, other cities have reversed huge mistakes that have been made. Like, for example, Madrid has created a whole new area. It has also built an underground. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Um, And a a very extensive metro uh, network serving Mm. the city. But there was a big motorway. Um, that they got rid of in the in in the downtown area of Madrid, and they've turned that into a wonderful linear park, and 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 that's the kind of stuff that's happening more and more abroad, and it's the kind of thing that we really need to really need to get get with as well because it fits in with the whole thing about trying to. Um, I suppose, uh, uh, gear up the city to deal with the effects of climate change, including the possibility of inundation in your rising sea levels. Yeah. It is a real
0: threat for the future. Uh, uh, yes, I, I, I make bad jokes to my brother who lives in Clontarf about exactly that mm. when he arrives, in my, uh, 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 arrives at my house on a raft, whether mm. I let him in or not. Um, yes. yeah, I, I, do, do you find yourself optimistic for the future in the broadest sense
1: um, Dublin might succeed
0: despite itself?
1: Well I, I, I'm I, not really that optimistic about it to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean I would like to be more optimistic. Um, I think that Dublin is suffering terrible problems of congestion because of the concentration of economic activity in the Dublin area and that I think that some of that I mean, I think Dublin has achieved a critical mass in European terms. And that we, what we now need to do, and this is in Dublin's interest as much as other places, is to try and focus on Cork, Limerick, Galway, and Waterford and bring them up. I'm not saying to the same population level as Dublin, but why should Dublin be the only show in town? Basically? Yeah, and it's hap- it's other... happening because of
0: economic gravity rather yeah, exactly, than because anybody's exactly. planning it.
1: But it. Well, it's being planned by, by default. Yes. With, like the bulk of the data centres, for example, are located in the Greater Dublin area, uh, along the M50 ring and so on. Um, but I mean, I think that when you think of the number of really important politicians that have represented places like Cork over the years, like mm. Jack Lynch, yeah, yeah. COVID, yeah. you know, uh, Peter Barry. A recent Taoiseach, our most recent yeah, Taoiseach, Taoiseach. Taoiseach. Yeah, yeah. And, and what have they ever done for Cork? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I would love to see Cork increasing, doubling its population. I mean, the boundary of the city was extended. It, it, it um, is a really great city. It is it's a vibrant, buzzy it yes, city, it's it terrific. Is. But same problems as Dublin. Yeah. Where's the, yeah, exactly. Where the, the public transport? Where's the connected planning? Time. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that that, that that all needs to be addressed. But it, you know, like what is going to drive the development of Cork's re- redundant docklands? Mm. I don't think there's a very obvious driver down there. And so that's why I'm saying that some of the future economic activity, instead of concentrating it in Dublin, should be devolved, if you like. Yeah. To
0: like Corp, yeah. uh, and, and we shouldn't w- wait and hope that natural forces will do
1: that. No, we, need that we need to put our finger on the scale. Plan. We so... need to put it together as a plan. And I think that is, there's a very dangerous uh, line of, of, of opinion in this country among certain quarters that you know the only thing to develop is the, what's now known as the Dublin-Belfast Economic Corridor, mm. which will tilt the development of Ireland even farther to the east than yeah. it is already and and that ultimately in 20 or 30 years time or maybe even longer uh, there will be a leveling up there will be a need to have a leveling yeah. up minister in ireland to bring up the west and the southwest and the south uh, and, and, to, and and in in 150 years time um the ghost
0: of Frank Macdonald can join a chorus of other ghosts <laughs> telling the city planners See, we did tell you so tell you. Yeah. yeah um listen Frank a ple- pleasure to meet you and chat to you in your marvelous new abode you you've you've ditched Temple Bar and you've head to the Burbs fantastic new place in in uh, 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 in a Blackrock. Blackrock yeah
1: and uh the big change um and I suppose the biggest thing is that you've got to get used to everything being at a distance rather than close at hand yes um but we're getting used to it, and um, and it's more tranquil, obviously. Well, you'll have fewer and, stag parties. Well, absolutely, and, and and nobody paying in your doorway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that on the way out. Um, Frank, that's brilliant. Thanks a million. Not so. So that's Frank MacDonald. I hope you enjoyed the chat. Let me know if you have any thoughts on it. Get in touch on conorfalkland at gmail.com. Do remember that you can access the full Driving Life archive of previous episodes at seniortimes.ie. Drive safely, live happily, and come back and see us again. An will phone poke a new will canny no fum niece or wet niece Faker no phone into a tall gwin, unsure egg darrow. And phone clister is danny. Get the gohan lahi glinner August taskina. To Rod egen, go To olis egg